This is Gigi Sabat, and you're listening to the Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Laura. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, Gigi. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's such an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us more about you and where are you from, Laura? Yes, uh, my name is Laura Shao, and I'm the founder and CEO of Henny Organics. We're a luxury organic beauty brand. Um, I'm originally, well, I guess, where am I from? The long story short is I was originally born in China, and I moved to the States when I was two, and then I've been living in a few different places in the States, and now I am based in Wilmington, North Carolina. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Laura, you're also a first-generation immigrant. Tell us a little bit more about your experience. Yes, I am. So as I mentioned, I moved here when I was two. Um, my dad was was and still is a very, very, very intelligent man. And the reason I mentioned that part was he was fortunate enough to get a full ride scholarship to move to the U.S. Um, so he got. Uh, yeah. So he was able to move to Iowa and go to the University of Iowa to get his uh, doctorate. And because of that, we were, you know, all of us ended up having the opportunity to move to the States. Um, they were just, you know, my parents were so poor at that time. So initially my dad came first and then he was able to save up money to get a plane ticket for my mom. And then I came later when I was about two and a half, my grandma brought me over. And so, so yeah, that's how we, that's how we got here. And it was very different than life today. Um, I think I could be getting this wrong. I don't know if it was $40 or $60, but he did not have much money in his wallet when he came over. And my dad was the first in his family to come. So, you know, he didn't really have any sport system and, you know, things, yeah, things were really different. My mom was also college educated from China and came to the States and had to, um, you know, get various jobs. She worked as a housekeeper, she basically got any job she could where you, you know, because she didn't really speak English. And so things were just, you know, pretty tough for them when they first came here. But they, you know, my, they worked really hard. And especially with my dad, after he, after he finished school, he got a good job and life became much, much better for us. And then for also some of our other family members as well, because after my dad came and after some years, you know, my uncle was able to come and, you know, he was also able to support some of his family back in China as well. So, yeah, just a lot of great things ended up coming out of that scholarship. I love it. And you're also an advocate for human trafficking. Tell us a little bit more about your experience as an advocate. Yes. So, um, well, actually, we are partnered with a nonprofit called First Fruit Ministries, and they are a local based uh, nonprofit here in Wilmington. And they work with everyone from, you know, people helping get people who are homeless off the streets. But what they really, I guess, I wouldn't say they're bread and butter. That sounds wrong to say it like that. But what they're really great at is not just helping victims of human trafficking after they've been rescued, but they also actually help with the process of rescuing them. And I think this topic is, you know, I think it's sometimes a topic that people don't want to think about or, you know, because it exists in every city. Right. And so I think it's something that is too dark for some people to think about and others just, you know, kind of wish it didn't happen. But it is a problem that exists in every city, any major city or even smaller city, um, every community. And it especially affects children and women. You know, I'm not saying that boys and men aren't affected, but in particular, you know, children and and women are affected so much by this. And I have a one year old daughter 
And when we partnered with them officially, it was actually while I was pregnant. And I think everything happens for a reason because prior to that, we'd always wanted to really partner with a charity that we were passionate about and we felt really walked the walk and didn't just talk the talk. And we tried a few back when we were in Vegas, we tried to reach out to a few and actually one of them that was a, qu- a pretty big nonprofit um, wasn't really interested in us. We were too small and we were a little bit bummed at that time because we really wanted to partner with them. And I think just everything happens for a reason because when we moved here, I remember while I was pregnant, I was telling my husband, like, I just, I really hope that we can find, you know, a charity that we can really partner with because we want to do good on a bigger scale, even though we're small business, at least to the best of our ability. And then we discovered First Fruit and it's just, yeah, it's just been such a great partnership since then. I just really feel like, you know, it was meant to be, it was meant to be that because if we had partnered with someone else, I mean, we're still a small business. Maybe we wouldn't have the resources to partner with First Fruit. Um, But yeah, I've learned a lot through them and I've learned about, you know, how, also how, how much it affects our community. Cause I think a lot of people see, you know, certain things in movies or TV shows, and it seems so far-fetched and just so, you know, separate from your everyday life. But I've learned through them that, you know, it's not just, <clears throat> it's not just someone who runs away from home that can be a potential victim of human trafficking. It can literally be a girl sitting at home in her bedroom, using Facebook, using Instagram and getting lured into being trafficked. You know what I mean? So it, it can really affect anybody in your life. I think that's just a very sobering reality. And like I said, not just having a daughter, but being a woman myself, know, knowing people who have gone through some pretty terrible things, to know that it's a lot closer to home than you realize. And that, like I said, it affects yeah. every single community. I just think that it's something that should get more focus. Um, I think that. Of course, there are so many problems in so many countries, so many different communities. But I think a lot of times we also need to ch- check what's going on at home. You know, I mean, when I say home, your, your, your immediate community, whatever city, whatever town you're living in, I think it's good to make sure that, you know, people in your very near community are getting help. And so, yeah, that's my little recap of, yeah. That's very true and very powerful. And thank you for all that you're doing on the front lines and advocating for human trafficking. I appreciate you. Now, Laura, tell us a little bit more about your experience from being an athlete to now an entrepreneur. Yes, I had a pretty, I would say almost a random life, the way things have gone. Uh, So I actually started playing table tennis. Uh, My dad was actually my coach and he started off by teaching me. I think I was about eight and a half. And so I competed till... I, I competed professionally until I was probably about 19. I did retire a little bit earlier just because at that time in the U.S., you couldn't really make a living from it beyond certain points. Um, but I definitely think it's influenced my life immensely with my sports background. Uh, just, I guess, the certain ways I approach business. And I know, you know, you have generalized things like, oh, visualization. You hear about that a lot through entrepreneurship and other things. But one thing you learn, particularly when you compete within sports at a high level, is you learn to visualize both positive and negative things. So, yes, you visualize, you know, let's say you're a basketball player. Um, I obviously don't know what that feels like because I'm five foot six, but that's, but let's use that example. And you, you know, I'm trying to use an example of a sport that people are more familiar with because I understand that we are in the US and table tennis is not the most popular sport in the country. Um, but let's say, you know, you, you're a basketball player and you visualize your free, free throws, right? 
and you visualize, you know, actually being successful with the free throws, because maybe that's an area that you struggle with. But when you're competing in sports, you also visualize what are things that could go wrong? Let's say, what if you get sick or what if something happens that day? I think that type of visual, uh, visualization is also important uh, because you oftentimes realize when you visualize those hurdles, you can actually overcome them or they're not as scary as you thought. And I actually think that makes it easier. And so, for example, I apply that to business. Um, I am someone that is not a gigantic risk taker. I'm a more calculated risk taker. So sometimes when I get stressed or worried about something in the future, I really try to visualize what is the worst thing that can happen? Okay, so this and this happens and then this is the potential, you know, the potential result. I'll survive it, right? And then when I actually realize, hey, it's not as bad, it's not as big of a monster as I've pictured in my head, it makes it easier for me to move forward. You know, so some people, whether you call that negative visualization, I don't know. I don't really like to use the word negative. I just think it's it's sometimes good to visualize all types of outcomes because I actually think it can make you end up being more positive, if that makes sense. And so yeah, sports helps with that a lot. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Laura, tell us a little bit more about what gives you joy. Right now, what mainly gives me joy is my daughter. Uh, I have a, a one-year-old daughter named Stella, and I, you know, I'm sure any parent that's listening to this understands it just completely changes your life in the best possible way. You know, I, I know I make jokes sometimes on social media and I make jokes with my friends about not sleeping or, you know, you see a funny meme. Like I sent one to my sister-in-law sent one to me the other day. It was just about getting your kid ready for bed, how you age five years during that one hour you're trying to get your kid ready for bed or maybe three hours. But jokes aside, it's the most wonderful thing. And what's really amazing is it, it really changes you as a person because now you like I, I do feel like I just have such a bigger purpose in life. And don't get me wrong, I still care about my business, but my daughter's number one. There's just, there's no, there's no, I mean, there's, there's just no way to compare. You know, my husband is a solid number two. I would like to mention, I love him very much, but he's solidly number two. I remember when I was pregnant, we would cuddle and look at each other. We're like, oh, we love each other so much. There's, you know, when Stella's born, she's just going to be tied at number one with you because, you know, we love each other so much. And literally the second we laid eyes on her, when she was born, we just looked at each other like, yeah, we're both number two. It's fine. We're both solid number twos for each other. And that's how that's how we like it, because she's just she's just everything to us. And so, yeah, I think she brings she definitely brings me the most joy right now. And uh, yeah, she's she's just the absolute best thing that's ever happened to me. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us, Laura. Now, what message do you have for an entrepreneur who just started a business and may be thinking about giving up or they face the challenge and now they're ready to give up? What message do you have for that individual? I would say if you're really passionate about something and you really feel like it's your calling, I would say to really give yourself a good amount of time to really, you know, I would say give it your all. That makes sense. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, it's, there's sometimes, you know, there, there sometimes can be a situation where let's say you have a business idea and you really go for it and you try for years and it feels like something is just, this is not meant to be. I think sometimes in that situation, it's okay to close a chapter because oftentimes that's how a new chapter begins. But with that being said, I would say, don't jump ship so quickly. I've also met people who they get a, 
They get excited about a new idea as a potential entrepreneur every week. And that's all nice and shiny, but it does take a lot of work. And also it takes time. You know, these viral stories that you see on social media of these people that just went from rags to riches, it's literally almost never the case. You never see the real backstory, like someone who launches a beauty brand and they become successful within a year. This might not be their first rodeo. Maybe this is their third brand that they've launched. Maybe they've been doing this for 20, 30 years. And that's why it looks so easy on the surface. Right. And then sometimes some people where it looks like they launched a company out of nowhere, the article conveniently forgets to mention that they come from a wealthy family. So they started off with five million dollars to launch the business. I just mean a lot of things are not really what they seem. And so also. Don't get caught up by these, you know, clickbaity 15 second reels or, you know, TikToks that make you feel inadequate because you didn't get that, you know, hockey stick curve growth or, you know, rags to riches story within two seconds because it's not how it works. So I think that's what I would say, you know, both, of course, it's okay to close a chapter if you really feel like things are not happening the way they should. It's okay. You know, you have to sometimes let your pride um, aside to understand that, okay, maybe this is time to move on. But with that being said, if you're just starting out and you're worried that, you know, you know, things aren't happening quicker, like quickly enough, I think sometimes also give it a little bit of time, especially if you're really passionate about it. Um, with Henna, with our company, I told myself in the beginning, I said, you know, at least bare minimum, I have to give it at least two straight years of just working my butt off constantly. Because otherwise I'm always going to think, what if, right? I just don't want to have regrets. If I do my very best and I just work day in and day out and it is just, there's, it looks like there's no chance things are ever going to move forward. At least I can accept that if I've really given it my all and I can say, okay, you know what? This is what, this wasn't meant to be. My calling is something else, but at least I gave it my, you know, I gave it my everything. And I think that's, that's just a, what if or regret you don't want to have in the back of your head 20 years down the line, right? If you're going to close a chapter, really just close it, you know, make sure you have some closure. So that's my long winded answer. No, thank you for sharing that. I, I love it. Very, very powerful. Now, lastly, what is your advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? I would say be true to who you are. And I know that sounds maybe a little bit cheesy to some people, but, and I say that as someone, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording. I say that as someone who's still working on that myself, right? I would say that, you know, be authentic to yourself. Don't be afraid to be who you really are. And the thing is the people who are really there for you, your friends and family, they, if they truly care about you, they will still be there for you afterwards. And I think it's also important to stand up for what you believe in, um, regardless of whether it's popular or not right now. Um, and yeah, and be, and take care of the ones that, you know, take care of the ones that you, who you love the most, because I think especially these days, it's extra important to, you know, not only keep tabs, but, you know, check in on those that you love, even the, the ones that you don't see as often, because I think a lot of people are going through tough times these past years. And I think it's really important to check in on people, even just like a text message or, you know, a quick call can, can really do wonders because a lot of people just need that little pick me up sometimes to just, you know, you could change someone's whole year by just checking in on them and just telling them you care. You know what I mean? So. That's very true. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for being a guest on the walk with me podcast. Now, where can the audience find you? You can find me on Instagram. That's mainly where I'm at. 
I usually post through my work Instagram, which is henna. So it's H-E-N-N-E organics, O-R-G-A-N-I-C-S. And yeah, or you can send, you know, check out our website, uh, hennaorganics.com and send me an email through there. So, yeah. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate you. God bless you and be safe. Thank you so much.